Which please turn with me to your study outlines. And as you're turning, let me welcome those of you that are joining us online, as well as our friends at First Baptist Church in Arco, Idaho, and also our friends at Purpose Church in Kalispell, Montana. We are so glad uh, that you're joining us today for our study. And we've been doing a series on the book and life of Nehemiah entitled Fulfilling Your Part in God's Story. But today we're going to take it a little different direction. We're going to talk about fulfilling our part in God's story. As a church, what is our church? Each one of us individually have a part in God's story, but then together as a congregation, as a community of believers and Christ followers, together corporately, we have also a part in God's story that we're to play. And we're talking about seeking the prosperity of the city. Proverbs 25, verse 28, like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. The Bible says sometimes cities have their walls broken through. Our church started in 1870. We're 148 years old. And uh, Pomona was incorporated by us as a city 18 years after we came together as a church in 1888. And so we've kind of been together uh, as a church and as a community and as a city uh, together. And the first hundred years of Pomona's history is one of success, prosperity, growth, Bounty, uh, lots of uh, blessings uh, coming through, all kinds of economic blessings as well as uh, success and prosperity. And then recently, in the last 40 years, uh, Pomona has gone through a time, a little bit of, not completely, but being a time in the wilderness. A little bit of what uh, we talked about there, uh, walls being broken through. And we've gone through that with them as a church family as well. And so in Nehemiah 6 verse 11, We finished the the study last Sunday on this verse. I want to continue it now. Nehemiah said, should a man like me run away? Shall a woman like me run away? Shall a church like us run away? And we talked about the fact that we have not run away as a church, even when the walls were a bit broken down in the city in which we live and exist as a church. We didn't run. Instead, God called us to do what it says in Ezekiel 22, verse 30. I looked for someone among them, God said, who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land. And our church has stood in the gap during times of prosperity as well as in times of challenge. And we've done a couple of things. Proverbs 11, verse 10. When the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. And then in verse 11, through the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted. And a few years back, Pomona began a major comeback. And Nehemiah 2, verses 17 and 18, he challenges the city of Jerusalem to have a comeback. Uh, Nehemiah said to him, I said to them, you see the trouble we're in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said to me. They replied, let us start rebuilding. So they began this good work. And that's what you have done. God called you here to do this good work. And I always like to say, to see God do a miraculous thing in a challenging place is the greatest way to invest your life. That is the most exciting journey of all, to be used by God as a church to see God do a miraculous thing in a challenging place. What an exciting adventure Uh, this has been. Now, the first people that Nehemiah talked to were the city of Jerusalem. He said, hey, you live in Jerusalem? Let's let's make this thing happen. 
And so I want to ask the question, the, the first analogy here between the people of Jerusalem and, or the people that live in the city of Pomona. How many of you live in the city of Pomona? Let me, let me see your hands. Okay. All right. There are the P-Town people right there. So you're from Pomona. And so the first ones that Nehemiah challenged were, were from the actual city in which we live. But then others were called to come as well. And uh, many of us, myself included, live in Pomona and serve in a church in Pomona. But more, a majority of our church comes from nearby towns. And so God has called you to drive by other churches that you could go to. What is it in your heart? What stirred in your heart to want to come here? And I think it's this. When God uses you to do a miraculous thing in a challenging place, that is the most exciting adventure of all. If God has you do a miraculous thing in an easy place or a non-miraculous thing in a challenging place, that's not fun. But what's really, really fun where the adventure begins is when God has called us all here to be used by God to do see a miracle happen within our own church. People would say that our church being where it is and having the success that it's had is a miraculous thing. People talk about it from different places in the nation. They say that is a miraculous. That is a, to be 148 years old, do you, do you know how unusual it is, almost unheard of that a church should be this strong after 148 years, almost in church history, in the history of the church, it's hard to find churches that have been around for 148 years that are still thriving. And so to be used by God to see a miracle in our church and to, as I'm going to be talking about today, see the prosperity return of our city to see God do a miraculous thing in the city. So those of you from Pomona that live in Pomona, you're like the people of of Jerusalem. Now in Nehemiah 3, verse 14, it says there were some people that came to serve from Beth Hecarim. And this was, as we saw a couple of weeks ago, these are people from two miles away. Beth Hecarim was two miles outside of Jerusalem. So how many of you here your city touches the city boundaries of Pomona. Let me see. Okay. Your city touches the, the boundaries. Okay. You are the people of Beth Hecarim. First ones are the city of Jerusalem, people of Jerusalem. Next group, you are the people of Beth Hecarim. Uh, now there's a third group of people in chapter 3, verse 7. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Next to them were people that came from Gibeon, which was five miles away, and Mizpah, that was eight miles away. Now, how many of you drive two to eight miles to church on Sunday morning, all right? Uh, you are the people of Gibeon. You are the people of Mizpah. I know everybody's going to be checking their odometer when they drive home here today, aren't they? Trying to, you didn't tell me there'd be math on this quiz, uh, Glenn. All right. But you're the people of Gibeon and Mizpah. And I praise God for the people of Jerusalem. I praise God for the people of Beth Hecarim. And I praise God for the people of Gibeon and Mizpah. And then verse 5, chapter 3, verse 5, the next group of people came from Tekoa. Tekoa was 11 miles from Jerusalem. So how many of you drive between 8 and 11 miles to church? All right, there you are. Awesome, awesome. You are the people of Tekoa. And now a final group uh, in verse 2, chapter 3, verse 2. Some people came from as far away as Jericho. Uh, Jericho was 16 miles away from Jerusalem. How many of you drive from 11 to 16 or more miles to get here? Let me see your hands. You are the people of Jericho. And so the people of Jericho, Tekoa, Gibeon, Mizpah, and Beth Hecarim, and Jerusalem came together and said, let's rebuild this wall. And, and we're called uh, to do that. Jeremiah 29, verse 7. Here's what we're called to do. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city 
to which I have carried you into exile. Now, Jeremiah is in Jerusalem, and he's writing a letter to the Israelites that were in exile in Babylon. And so really, in a sense, we all are in exile because our real home is in heaven, right? That's our real citizenship. Our, the Bible says your citizenship is in heaven. Our citizenship is, is in heaven. And yet we are temporarily exiled to the city in which we live, uh, where we work, where we go to school, and where we go to church. So what are we to do for the cities? We're to seek the prosperity of the city where you live. Seek the prosperity of the city where you go to work. Seek the prosperity of the city where you go to school. Seek the prosperity of the city where you go to church. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. We don't say here, hey, let's just hang out until Jesus comes back or we go to heaven. We're going to seek the prosperity of the city. Now, in Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 11, back to that verse once again. Nehemiah said, should a man like me run away? Shall a church like us run away? And a decision was made about 40 years ago not to run away from the city of Pomona. As it entered into this time of wilderness or to a bit of the walls being broken down, there was an opportunity given to us to flee the city, to leave our spot that God had placed us on Holt and Gary. And I wasn't there for that. I came 25 years ago. I I wasn't here for that decision. But how many of you have been here for 30 or more years? Let me just ask you. How many of you were here 30 or more years ago? You made that decision. You made that decision. And I'm going to share with you in a couple of minutes how God has blessed that decision. He has blessed that decision for the last 30 or 40 years. And now he's going to put that blessing on steroids. He is going to multiply that. I'm going to share. You know, that's the way it is in the Christian life. Sometimes you'll make a decision and you won't see the blessing of that decision for years in the future. Maybe not till you get to heaven. But that group of people that just raised their hands, they are about to see the blessing that God is going to bring. What God had in mind when they chose not to run away, when we as a church chose not to run away, and, and those of you from outside the city who chose to run here, God is about to reveal that I'm going to share in just a couple of minutes the blessing of that decision now coming home to roost. Now, I want to share just a a little video that we did back in November to celebrate the 30th anniversary of this building. But there's a part in there, the reason I'm showing it is there's a part in there where you'll see that we had an opportunity to run away and chose not to. And I want you to see that before I talk about how God is going to bless that decision. So let's watch this together. It's been 30 years since our first Sunday here in this worship center. Through its history, we have seen God move in so many unexpected and amazing ways. This building has been a setting that God has used for His work and His glory. Marriage vows have been made. Children have been dedicated to the Lord. We've given our hearts to God and have followed Christ in baptism. We've celebrated lives well-lived and we've mourned for those lost too soon. In this building, we've worshiped our mighty God and changed the world with generous giving. But before any of these things could happen, we needed a building. It all started with God giving our former pastor, 
Dr. Ted Cole, a vision to build a much larger worship center that would accommodate our growing congregation. Not only did Dr. Ted hope to grow the church here in Pomona, but he also envisioned the larger congregation having the ability to increase our giving towards mission work around the world. Under the leadership of Dr. Ted and others, our church was growing rapidly and had reached capacity in our former building on the corner of Holton Gary. On February 28, 1977, God provided our church with a gift that would secure our future growth. A member of our church, Don Collins, was employed by California Portland Cement, which owned a large parcel of land in San Dimas. This land was no longer needed by the company, so they generously donated this 284 acres to our church. Initially, we pursued the idea of building a whole new campus on that property, but it became clear that this was not God's plan for us. In the summer of 1985, we sold the land to Southmark Pacific Corporation for $3 million. These funds were used to launch the building of the new worship center, and we broke ground on August 10, 1986. Individual church members, classes, and life groups all committed to financially invest in the project. One of our Sunday morning classes worked together to raise funds to donate the large stained glass baptistry window. Former executive pastor Dennis Endert worked with the contractor to oversee the building. The construction of the new building was an enormous project, which even required the permanent closure of a section of Pasadena Street that ran through the property. Dennis recalls that the carpet company was having trouble completing the installation by the deadline, and Dennis was worried we wouldn't have carpet for the opening celebration. They worked through the night on Saturday so that on Sunday morning, November 29, 1987, we had carpet for our first service in the new building. That morning, the city of Pomona closed off Gary Avenue, and the congregation, led by the choir and Pastor Willie Lucas, walked from the old building on the corner of Holton Gary to the new building at 601 North Gary Avenue. Although we received $3 million in the sale of the Via Verde property, we needed a total of $6 million to build the worship center. We financed the additional $3 million, which left us with a mortgage of approximately $30,000 a month. We began to face challenging times due to city changes, leadership, and economic hardships. Through it all, our congregation remained committed to our church. Many members purchased special bonds which sustained us through extreme financial times. These bonds were designed to be repaid to church members after a certain amount of time. However, many of these members generously donated their bonds back to our church. In 2000, we were able to pay off the debt on the building and celebrate it by burning the mortgage. What a day that was. Over the years, God has continued to bless Purpose Church, and we have continued to grow under the leadership of Pastor Glenn Gunderson. When we first moved into this worship center, we only had one service. Yet, over the years, under the leadership of our dear Pastor Glenn, and through the commitment of this congregation to sharing their faith and inviting their oikos, we grew from one to two to now three Sunday morning services. Through the years, we've hosted thousands of worship services, weddings, funerals, and special events in this building. 
It's clear that God called our church to this community. We've faced some challenging times, yet God has sustained us. We are growing and thriving. Let's not only celebrate what he's done in the past 30 years, but also look forward to what he will do in the future as we strive to see everyone, everywhere, following Jesus. That just may be my favorite video right there. Now, what did God call us to do in the future? Ezekiel 37, verses 1 through 6. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. A couple weeks ago, I was talking to the president of Western University, which is the medical school here in Pomona, and we were talking together. And we were talking about the revitalization and the comeback of the city of Pomona. And he said this line that I thought was awesome. He said, you know, Glenn, the bones are there. They just have to be brought together. The bones are there. They just, and there's a medical school president. Now, he knows anatomy. Okay, he did know that part of it. But the spiritually, the bones are there. They just have to be brought together. Verse 2. He led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry, verse 3. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Then you'll know when you see this miracle that I am the Lord. Let me talk about the economic renewal of Pomona and then we'll talk about the spiritual renewal. Demographic studies tell us that the population center of Southern California is now moving east. Because San Bernardino and Riverside counties, those are two of the fastest growing counties in the nation, because of that, in the next 50 years, what's called the starfish is going to be the population center of Southern California. Now, the starfish is where the 10 freeway, the 60 freeway, the 57 and the 71 freeways come together with Pomona at the center. Now, institutions and businesses are beginning to notice this and are starting to relocate here. Pomona now has one of the top hospitals uh, in, the, in the country, uh, Pomona Valley Hospital and, and, and Medical Center. It now has the best rehabilitation center uh, west of the Mississippi, uh, which is Casa Kalina. It now has the most comprehensive medical school in the entire nation, fastest growing in the entire nation, Western University, now covering 22 acres of the downtown of Pomona. Uh, the other day I was talking to Mayor Tim Sandoval. Uh, our, our dynamic mayor that has been just such a blessing to our city. And I was talking to him uh, with recent developments. He was telling me, Pomona has now become a major college and grad school town. Uh, it's becoming a college and grad school town, particularly some of the things I'm going to share with you in a couple of minutes that are adding in to why he said that comment. We also have one of the largest affairs uh, in, in, in the country with the healthiest food available. And... Uh, <laughs> 
and also one of the largest outdoor Easter services in the nation. That would be us. That would be us. Now, this is probably most important. We're also the center of the drag racing uh, universe, okay? And this is considered a long shot, but we're still, we're one of the finalists for the second headquarters of Amazon. Still Pomona is, one, is, is still in the running uh, for that position. Now, the most symbolic one, I think, I believe, is the renovation of the YMCA. If you drive uh, south on, on Gary after the service is over, look on your left at that major renovation that's taking place by the Spectra Company, which is the largest historical renovation company on the West Coast. They're the ones that renovated the, the Hearst Castle and, and buildings of that nature. And their owners are Ray and Michelle Adamick who come to our church on many occasions. You'll see them here at our church on fire Christians. They intentionally moved to Pomona in order to be a part of the restoration and renovation of, of Pomona. And they're the ones that own this company, and they're moving their headquarters to the YMCA, to the basement of the YMCA. Then they're making the rest of the building into a Christian youth outreach center called The Village. With the fuller... I know, is that great or what? With the Fuller Youth Institute, which is maybe the number one uh, think tank for reaching the next generation for Christ, the Fuller Youth Institute is going to be on their top floor right in our backyard. Now, the most telling is on the cornerstone. They're going to celebrate their 100th anniversary and open up this cornerstone in 2020. It will be their 100th anniversary. In 2020, it will be our 150th anniversary. But this is why I think it's so symbolic. You see... The, the, the YMCA, Young Men's Christian Association, YWCA, Young Women's Christian Association, it was started in the 1800s by a man by the name of D.L. Moody, who was kind of the Billy Graham of the 1800s. And it was created as a youth outreach organization. And yet it has drifted from that original mission through the years because organizations drift, schools drift, churches drift, institutions drift from their original mission statement. That's what makes it so remarkable that here we are 148 years still pumping for Jesus. It's practically unheard of. But here at least one YMCA, the one in Pomona under the leadership of the Adamics, now they are returning it to its initial mission, which was to reach the next generation for Christ. And their cornerstone says, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, which leads us to the spiritual renewal of, of the city. And here's the heart of what I want to share with you uh, this morning. Uh, you may have heard on the news, it just became public uh, a couple of uh, weeks ago, and, 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 and by the way, we have had to keep this, uh, the pastors and the trustees have known this for about 10 months, but we had to keep it completely silent because of uh, real estate transactions, so we've had to keep this a complete secret until just recently we've been able to reveal it. But just a couple of weeks ago, it went public that Fuller Theological Seminary is relocating from Pasadena to Pomona. And, and, and the reason why that's significant is Fuller Seminary is one of the world's most influential evangelical institutions. It is the biggest non-denominational or, or multi-denominational seminary in the world. Um, that has been public, that it's moving to Pomona. But what is becoming public right this moment, this morning, this is the first time that this has become public. It's been public that they were moving to Pomona. What is just now this morning, we're the first ones that are, have been given permission to make this public. 
What's becoming public at this moment, right now for the first time, is where they will be in Pomona. And where they will be is directly across the street from our church. Here we are on the corner of Holton Gary. They bought the bank. They bought um, this one that says State Farm on it, all the way up to the Ceramics Museum and School. They bought all along Holt, all the way down here. Uh, They bought from the city this parking lot right here. Uh, They were going to buy this beautiful church right here, but the renovation price, you want to know what the renovation price in that is? $6 million. So they said, we'll leave that alone. But they, bought, but they bought this right here, everything except the frat house uh, right there. Um, they, they will have this entire corner right here. Yeah, the frat house may want to move after this comes in. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, they're they're going to put a four- to six-story building. It's going to be state-of-the-art. You know, today what's happening in seminaries is on-campus enrollment is going down, but what's going through the roof is online intendance. And they will literally be educating the future leadership of the global Christian church right from that corner, right right there. That's what they're going to be doing, across the street from our church. Now, you say, Glenn, why is this a big deal? And it is a big deal. I, I want you to, I truly believe this. I truly believe this. I would say now our church is maybe one of the thousand most influential churches in in North America. I believe that this development is going to make us one of the 100 most influential churches in North America. I believe it's it's going to make us one of the more influential churches in the world or global stage. I believe because the world has never been bigger than it is right now, it's going to make us one of the more influential churches in church history, in, in, in world history. Now, why would I say such an audacious thing? Well, Fuller was started by one of the greatest evangelists of the 20th century. Uh, Here he is, uh, their founder, Charles Fuller, with Billy Graham. These are two of the greatest evangelists of the the 20th century. Billy Graham was known for stadium evangelism, but Charles Fuller was known for pioneering radio evangelism. And probably more people were reached through radio than were reached for the stadium evangelism of, of Billy Graham. He was an entrepreneur who was one of the first to see media like radio and television as a tool, and now the internet, as a tool for reaching the world for Christ. And that entrepreneurial spirit led him to, to start, to found Fuller Theological Seminary. Fuller has 17 degree programs with Spanish, Korean, and online options. They have a school of theology, a school of psychology, and a school of intercultural studies, as well as 20 centers, uh, institutes like the Fuller Youth Institute, and initiatives. They have approximately 4,000 students from 90 different countries and 110 different denominations. They have 43,000 alumni that now serve as pastors, missionaries, counselors, teachers, nonprofit leaders, and leaders in business. The leadership of the global church is literally going to be training in our backyard. And we are going to be a laboratory for that to happen. You see, seminary education has two parts to it. One is classroom, and the other is seeing how that works in a local church. And our church is going to end up shaping the way people look at church as they go out 
to lead the global church. Let me give you an example from my own experience. I went to Gordon-Conwell Seminary, which uh, is near Boston, Massachusetts. And half of my education was in the classroom. But the other half is, I, I have this theory that whatever is the most dynamic nearby church is the template, the image you have in your mind of what you want to go out and create when you go out and lead the local church. And so the nearest one that was a dynamic of that nature was called Grace Chapel in Lexington, Massachusetts. And half of my education was in the classroom, but the other half was at Grace Chapel and, and, and just watching this church. And they had a program where students could come and stay the weekend with families at that church. And they could spend the weekend talking to the leaders in the church, the small group leaders, the watch the children's ministry in action, watch the youth ministries in action, talk to leaders of adult Sunday school classes, talk to the deacons, talk to the trustees, get some practical hands-on as to how did this church become the dynamic church that it is. You know, it's ironic. This church today is pastored by one of my friends from Wheaton College, Brian Wilkerson. And, and when I left seminary, I had uh, my seminary education in my mind, but in my heart was a picture that I wanted to someday lead a church like Grace Chapel. And if you were to go and compare Grace Chapel and, our, and Purpose Church, they are almost identical. It's crazy how similar they are. As a matter of fact, I'm part of a pastor's group of six or seven pastors, including the pastor of Grace Chapel and myself and, and some others from across the nation, similar types of churches. And we meet once a year for two or three days just to talk about, okay, what has worked for you and, and, and what, uh, how have you solved this particular issue? And we just brainstorm storm and pray together for two to three days in order to see what God would have us to do in the future. And I believe that certainly other churches in Pomona will play that role as well, certainly. But I believe we are uniquely positioned to be that laboratory, that place, that that template, that here's what it looks like to be a dynamic on-fire church for Jesus Christ. We have an opportunity to do that for the leaders of the global church from South America, Africa, Asia, Europe, from across the nation, we have the chance to be that. Now, here are some fuller grads from our church that you may know or remember. And I want to just say, for every one of these that I show you, I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody. I already had a couple come up to me after the 8.30 service that I went to Fuller, I went to Fuller. So my apologies to, to those that uh, I have not mentioned. Amber Blues, uh, Jim Bradley, uh, Tamiko Chacon, Kimberly Gunderson, Josh Hoosman, Steve Lambert, Jeff Snodgrass, Greg Zvalstead, Carl and Lisa Tony. And Peter Torrey. And the list just goes on and on. And I, like I said, I'm sure for each one that I've mentioned, I have, uh, I have forgotten some. Now, most of the students that will be on their campus, right next to our church, right across the street from our church, will be international students because they're the ones. Others tend to live elsewhere and drive in. But international students, they come from another country. They usually don't have a car. They're just, on, they're just on campus. They live on campus. They do everything within walking distance. And they're going to be international students like Pastor Marathi, who spoke at our church uh, last week, uh, Pastor Marathi. And uh, he was the founder of the Rooted Movement. How many have done Rooted? How many of you have ever done Rooted? Uh, across the, our church, across the nation, around the world. And his wife, he and his wife both went to Fuller Seminary. And it's going to be people just like that that are across the street from our church. Many of the future leaders 
of the church in Africa, Asia, and South America are going to be in our church. Now, this has been part of our DNA. Uh, God has been incubating and preparing us for this for a, for a long time. Maureen Bryans, anybody remember Maureen Bryans? She was the missions pastor at our church for about 200 years, I think it was. Okay. Well, since, since the beginning. I think she started 148 years ago. And she is now with the Lord. She's with Jesus. But she was known for having one of those dynamic and impactful uh, international student ministries in, in the country, in, in the nation. And so our DNA has been caring for international students who are lonely and far away from home. That's part of our DNA. And that's what we're going to have now. Of the future leadership of the world are going to be lonely, away from home. We've got a chance to love them, to care for them, to train them, to equip them, to model for them. So now do you see how God is giving us the opportunity to fulfill our vision of everyone everywhere following Jesus? It's unbelievable. Now, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. You know what? Before we move on, let's just show God our appreciation for this opportunity. Let's just thank God for that. Yeah. Now, I'm not done yet. There's another part to this story. Okay. Uh, Ten years ago, we bought the restaurant property. Um, isn't it lovely? Um, <laughs> Uh, even though this was not a part of our long-term goals, this was not a part of our long-term acquisition goals, but it was kind of a defensive measure because we wanted to hold on to it long enough to control who was going to be our neighbor and also protect the parking. So the perfect buyer would have four characteristics. Number one, they would be a good neighbor. For example, not a marijuana dispensary. For example, just to pick up on that. Number two, they give us a good price because we want to be good stewards of your money that you've given. Number three, that they would let us continue to use the majority of the parking. Or they would pay us enough that we could make parking more accessible uh, for our congregation because that has been a very accessible lot. Uh, number four, that they would be a long-term business or organization um, that would not turn around, you know, go bankrupt, fall apart, turn around, and sell it to a marijuana dispensary. <laughs> so we were very, very picky. And, and we have sat for 10 years, and almost nothing has happened. We've had it on the market for almost 10 years, and nothing has happened. Just hardly anything. And we wondered, God, what are you up to? What, what's up with this? Well, here's the next piece of news. Fuller Seminary wants to buy that for $1.35 million. $300,000 more than we paid for it. And Brett Googe, um, one of our trustees, said the most beautiful thing. He said, it's as if God was having us save it for them. It's as if God was having us save it for them. Now, a, 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 couple, of, uh, a couple of final notes. One is, this, in, this is in no way a formal partnership with Fuller. Um, we will have an informal ministry opportunities, as I've been talking about, but it is not a formal legal or theological partnership. It's simply a real estate transaction. 
informally opportunities. Absolutely. They will probably use this worship center for worldwide conferences that they will have bringing in the leaders of the world to strategize how to reach the world for Christ. They may want to use some of our parking on the weekdays when we're not using it as much during the day. Um, we may swap with them, use some of their classroom space, for example, for Sunday school classes and, and things like that. So we may swap classroom space for parking, for usage of this facility. I mean, so there's going to be a lot of informal opportunity, ministry opportunities, especially ministering, as I've said already, to their student body and, and, and to their faculty and things like that. But it is simply a real estate deal and not a formal legal or theological partnership. Number two, we will now begin using, to begin to use the remaining $443,000 from the Momentum campaign for campus renovation. Because of your faithful giving, we've already completed the community terrace, the new children's playground, and the painting of the E, F, and G buildings, along with over $200,000 of debt reduction. But we felt over the last 10 months, you know, and people have said to us, Hey, what's up with momentum? And we're like, oh man, you know, we, we, we couldn't share. It was, it was, it had to keep private on this for the last 10 months. But we felt that we shouldn't use the remainder of the money until we knew if Fuller was coming to Pomona because that might have an impact on how we shape our priorities. But now that we know that, the remainder of the momentum campaign will go forward and you'll see those changes in, in the months ahead. Now the practical side of all this. Uh, there's going to be a congregational meeting two weeks from tonight, June 24th at 6 p.m. here in the worship center. Child care provided through fourth grade. Now, this is going to require a 75% approval by the members present of Purpose Church. Not all the members of, of Purpose Church, but 75% of those present at that meeting. We need 75% approval of the members present at that meeting of Purpose Church. Now, before this meeting, we're going to have four town hall meetings in the chapel. And here's a list of them, but don't worry about writing this down. You're going to receive this letter, this information in a letter that you should get tomorrow or the next day on Tuesday. You should get it within the next couple of days. Now, if you just don't trust the mail or you want to get it right away, we have piles of these at a table right next to the information center. And so you may want to pick up one of these just in case, uh, you know, something's off on the mailing list or something like that. If you want to pick up one of these, it'll have all of this information in it, but it should uh, come to your home within the next couple of days. And you'll receive that tomorrow, or you can pick up one at the information center. Now, we're going to do three things at these town hall meetings. Number one, we're going to give you more details and answer any questions that you might have. Number two, we're going to receive your input on how to use the $1.35 million from this sale. Now, I want to make something really clear. This doesn't mean we're rolling in money now, okay? We are still broke. I want you to know, don't, don't stop giving. We live, it's, you'd be amazed how close to the edge we live. We, we need your giving. We need everybody's uh, giving. We're, we're still broke. We're just not as broke as we used to be. And really, we need to leverage this, this money. We need to leverage it towards some long-term things. So we want to receive input from you at these town meetings. What should the priorities be? I mean, things like parking. Should parking be the highest priority? Or debt reduction. We still have debt that we need to have reduced. Reserve funds. You'd be amazed how close to the edge we live as a church. Say a big church like this, we, we, we operate like a church plant. I think part of that has been why it's been so vital and exciting, but, but it's nerve-wracking, and we need to do something about that and grow up a little bit on that. 
uh, justice center. We had thought that maybe the restaurant was going to be a justice center. So how can we go about uh, supporting having a justice center? Or maybe some people might say, you know what, we need to sell that land and replace it with land that does fit our long-term goals in the future. So those kind of things, we're going to take your ideas on those. We're going to take the top five to ten priorities that come out of these meetings, and then at the congregational meeting on the 24th, we're going to have you, we're going to take the top five to ten, and then we're going to have you turn in a survey that ranks them in priority in order to give us guidance. And then number three, we want to receive your input at these town hall meetings on the priorities that we should have for our next capital campaign that we're going to start in the year 2020 as part of our 150th anniversary celebration. What do you think the next big priorities should be? Things like a children's facilities or, or new youth facilities or office replacement facilities or, or something along those lines. We want to receive your input as to, okay, what should we do with our next capital campaign? Now, you have to be a member to vote for this, and we don't require membership for very much around here. You can lead, you can serve without being a member, but this is one of the things that you have to be a member to vote. So we're going to have voter registration between now and the congregational meeting. <laughs> Next two months, babe, we want you a part, and you're going to want to be a part of this. You're going to want to feel a part of the history of this. You're going to want me 10 years from now and I say, hey, who voted for the, the land? And, and, and when, remember when Fuller came and all the amazing things, you're going to want to be able to raise your hand on that. So what I want you to do is, is check when you go out of the lobby after the service, out to the fountain, go out to the fountain area. And we've got a number of our assistants and pastors out there and you'll want to check the list to make sure that you're a member because, you know, over time, um, you know, lists can, you know, they've been changed system, we've changed computer systems. The biggest change was from paper to computer, and we apologize if your name, for some reason, you've been a member here for 50 years, and for some reason it's not on there. You know, we apologize, and you just tell us, and we'll make that thing right, and we apologize. I mean, you know whose fault that, well, it was Tomiko's fault. Tomiko right here, Tomiko... <laughs> It, it was Tamiko's fault. I got a good laugh at 8.30. Why not go to 9.45, Tamiko? Yeah, she had the misfortune of sitting right here. And I said, you know whose fault it is? It's Tamiko's fault. Just kidding. But you could just tell us, hey, that's a mistake, and we'll make that thing right. If you would like to become a member, that's possible. Within the next couple of weeks, please speak to one of the pastors at the tables uh, in the lobby after it's over. Philippians 3, verses 13 and 14. Paul writes, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on. Would you say those three words with me out loud together? I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This past week, Pastor Jarrett and half of the worship team have been in Nairobi, Kenya. Half of the worship team is here holding down the fort, leading worship for us. But the other half of the worship team is with Pastor Jarrett, and they've been leading worship for a worldwide leadership conference called the Fearless Summit, where church leaders from around the globe have come to Nairobi to strategize how to reach, better reach the world for Christ. And our praise band was asked to do the music for this conference. Okay, how crazy is that? They've been making radio and television appearances on Kenyan TV and radio, and on Wednesday night, they attended the African version of the Grammys this past Wednesday night. So one night, a Kenyan pastor from the conference met with them. 
and gave his prophetic word to Purpose Church. Now, I don't think he knows anything about what I just talked to you. I, I think this pastor doesn't have a clue about what I just shared with you. But he met with our worship team in order to share these words, and Jarrett captured it on his cell phone. So as the praise team comes back for one final song, let's just watch this together. I pray for you every time I tell my rookie, I'm praying for you guys. I'm praying for you guys because I know you guys are leading us as we come after you in leading and doing whatever we need to do with the sermon. And to the Papa's Church, again, uh, I just want to say God is about to do something special. Praise the Lord. Uh, over your life and over your church. Mm. Uh, I prayed in the morning and that word I shared about pressing on, pressing on. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe it's an individual word or maybe to you as a church. I don't know what God has been speaking to the leadership of Papa's Church. A vision, a dream, it looks scary. It looks like it's impossible. It's unconventional. But I just want to say that when you go back to Kenya, when you go with this word, mm. God is asking you, Papa's Church, to press on. Amen. Press on. Press on. Press on that thing that God has laid in your heart. It is an individual, something that you feel like, yeah, God has been saying this. God has been telling me to step out. He has been telling me to reposition myself, to realign myself, to do something. Maybe it's individual that God is speaking. But I'm saying, may you go with that word that God is speaking to you to press on. Amen. Time to quit. This is not the time to quit. This is not the time to throw in the tower. This is not the time to say, I can't do I can't go, I can't be. God is saying, I've given you everything that you need for the good works I've prepared for you. Mm. And may you press on for that call, for that mark that God has called you. Mm. And so may you go with that message to the leadership of, of Papa's Church. Amen. That the church in Kenya has prayed for you. Mm. That God is saying, press on. There is something big, there is something amazing that God has in store. And let me just say this. Actually, maybe God is where he's taking you, the season he's taking you. God is moving Papa's church from obscurity to visibility. For too long, maybe you just say, yeah, let, me, let me just do one, two, three, four things. But I feel that God is about to bring Papa's church to the global stage. Mm. There is something that you carry, the world needs to hear. The world needs it. And this is the time. He has been incubating you for all this time long. For <clears throat> Mm. And your trip to Kenya is just the beginning mm. of the big thing, the amazing things that God is, is going to do over your life. Mm. So to the leadership of Papa's Church, God has been incubating you. He's about to propel you to visibility, to a global stage where many nations will be impacted through your ministry. Amen. 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 Amen.